And hello, everyone, and welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and we're transmitting live from our station in Hollandale, Florida. We thank you for tuning in for today's program as we're going to be talking about the Empire's Strike Back as we look at Daniel chapter 11 in God's Mighty Angel. So we thank you for tuning in for today's program. And remember, our lines will be open. The local number is 305-992-9537 if you'd like to text in your questions or your comments. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. Uh, Lord, open the understanding so that we may know your will and purpose in this passage as well as in our lives. We pray for a great blessing on all those who are tuning in. And we praise your name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning to The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Daniel chapter 11, God's Mighty Angels. Hey, today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura, Calvary Chapel Broward, and The Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information here on www.twave.tv. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to today's program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Great to be on, brother. How are you doing? I am doing excellent. I'm just fighting a little bit of a cold. So if I sound like a different Dominican today, that's because that's what's happening. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear. Hope you're better, Steve. No problem. Hey, Nathan, I got the opportunity to visit you guys in Texas last week live. What a wonderful time we had with you and Dr. Reagan. Thank you for inviting us out there. It's great that you and your wife can come down and visit us, man. Uh, it was a great fellowship and... Uh, I'm glad to get to know you better and in person, not just always over the radio. Absolutely. And it was nice, Nathan. It was really nice. I'm so excited for the work that God is doing with Lamb and Lion Ministries, checking out your studios and the different interviews that you guys are interviewing different uh, ministers out there and evangelists. And that is fantastic what God is doing. Amen, brother. And I just appreciate all the work the Calvary Channel Aperture is doing. And you guys have got a, a new move, right? That's right, and we're in the middle of that, Nathan, and it's uh, going well. A little bit slow on the construction side, but doing very well, and hopefully someday when you visit the studio, uh, it'll be all done. Well, it's great to hear the church growing and thriving and reaching out all the people uh, to the people in Miami. Thank you, thank you. Hey, also want to give a shout-out to Stephen there in your ministry, and Heather and the rest of the gang. Well, praise the Lord, yeah. Lamb and Lion Ministries is, is uh, going strong, thanks to the Lord, and we continue to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ, and... The whole crew here is just anxious to proclaim the soon return of him. And uh, we do that through our television show and uh, internet yes. outreach and speaking engagements at conferences. And I invite people to check us out, landlion.com. Thank you. And Nathan, also, you guys are going to be coming down in our way here. You've been invited to do a conference in the Hialeah area. I can't wait for that wonderful yeah, I, event. I can't wait either. It's, it's great to be able to come down and see your neck of the woods for a change yes and nathan all those conferences they are found there on your website i was just checking that out right behind me there for those that are watching us live via twave.tv and all that information is there as well yeah our website landline.com or christandprophecy.org is filled with all sorts of uh, episodes of our television show christ and prophecy articles and a newsletter you can sign up social networks we have uh, resources you can get at the store we have a blog uh, check us out, landline.com. You'll find a wealth of information about Bible prophecy. Ooh, awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And of course, Nathan, switching gears a little bit, uh, we've been doing this incredible series in the book of Daniel, looking at God's mighty angels, their prophetic messages there in the book of Daniel. And uh, we were looking at the various empires that were rising up throughout history. And you were taking us through this wonderful, wonderful tour 
of the book of Daniel chapter 11. As a matter of fact, there is so much there in Daniel chapter 11 that we spent a number of weeks making our way through this incredible passages. And of course, today we're going to pick it up in Daniel chapter 11, verses 25 and on. But Nate, will you be able to recap for us just briefly Daniel chapter 11 in case someone just tuned into the program? Maybe they're not too familiar with what was going on there in that time. Like you said, uh, Daniel 11, we have been going over that for quite a number of weeks, haven't we? It's a, yeah. <laughs> a meaty, meaty chapter, lots of information and uh, but it's great. An angel is telling Daniel about the history uh, that's not history for him, but it would be history for us, the future, the empires that would come after the first the Babylonian, then the Medo-Persian Empire, and that would be the Greek Empire. And he talks about how two generals, uh, Seleucid up in Syria and Ptolemy down in Egypt, and their descendants would fight back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, with Israel caught in the middle. And so that's what he's doing. The angel is taking us through all these different kings and their different battles, and we're now up to a man called Antiochus Epiphanes, yes. who the Bible uses as an, a type of the Antichrist, the Antichrist being the one world ruler who will come and he will conquer the world one day, and uh, he will be Satan's agent in this world just before Jesus Christ returns. So that's where we're at. We're at the first 21, actually it starts with Antiochus the fourth Epiphanes, Epiphanes means great one, but right. he was a crazy maniac that people hated him. <laughs> so they switched his name to Antiochus the Fourth Epimenes, which means Antiochus the Maniac. Now, what a title that is. I don't think I want to be named that, but throughout history, Nathan, that has been the truth. We've had certain maniacs rise to the scene. Even in, in our era, we had Hitler, Mussolini, and so many others. And always their intent is to try to destroy God's people, the Jewish people. They are. Antiochus, uh, this is 175 B.C. we're at now, and you know he wasn't actually in the line to rule. He had no right to the throne, mm. but he had the ability. He was very flattering. He used bribery. He used trickery. And again, a type of the Antichrist, when the Antichrist rises onto the scene in the world, he's depicted in Revelation chapter 6, uh, the first seal judgment, as a rider on a white horse carrying a bow, but he has no arrows. In other words, he conquers, but he conquers peacefully without war. And that's what Antiochus would do. For instance, he would made a peace treaty with the Egyptian people, and then when their guard was down, his armies marched in and he sacked Egypt. Mm. And that's how he would do it. He would use peace as a pretense for war. Wow. And then what he would do is he'd get Israel caught in the middle, and uh, he'd sell the high priest position, and uh, that caused quite a number of problems. But what he's known for most of all in Jewish history is where he came in 167 B.C., he entered the temple. He entered the most holy of holies, which no Gentile could do. He sacrificed a pig on the altar, mm. and he set up a statue of Zeus for the people to worship. And that caused the Jewish people to flee into the wilderness. And to this day, the Jewish people call, call that the abomination that causes desolation. Wow. And the Bible says, just like Antiochus Epiphanes did in the temple, the Antichrist will do the same thing in the middle of the tribulation. He will march into the newly built third temple, which hasn't been built yet. He will desecrate the temple, and he will declare himself to be God. And his false prophet will set up an image that everybody must worship. Mm, excellent point. I believe we find that in the uh, book of Revelation chapter 11 and other passages. Right, Nathan? Very good point. Uh, 13, yes. Yeah. 
So, you know, Nate, that's that's a very uh, important background for people to recognize because history repeats itself. And we see that in the in the future, that is exactly what is going to happen. As you continue to take us here through these empires, we will, we will end up seeing that rise of that Antichrist. We do. And uh, some people who interpret Bible prophecy as already passed will point to Antiochus Epiphanes and say that he was the Antichrist. No. No. The anti that can't be. Because the Antichrist leads a global I mean, every nation in the world against Israel. And Antiochus Epiphanes only represented Syria at the time, inside the Greek Empire. And again the Roman Empire was rising at the time and we know that the Antichrist, according to Daniel nine, will come out of the Roman Empire, yes. not the Greek Empire. So Antiochus Epiphanes wasn't the Antichrist, but he certainly did many things that point to what the Antichrist will do one day. That's a very good point, Nathan, and that's why for biblical study students, uh, this is very important for them to also recognize and follow along. Uh, for those of you that are watching and listening to our program, we always encourage you to grab a Bible and follow along with us because that's how you become a good student uh, of the Bible and follow along with what we're saying here so that you can see for yourselves how these things line up and how these empires rise and fall. That was incredible, Nathan. So, Nate, yeah, if you could continue to take us through that passage, that would be fantastic. Okay, well, let's start with verse 25. And that goes, With a large army who will stir up his strength and courage against the king of the south, the king of the south, this is Egypt we're talking about, will wage war with a large and very powerful army, but he will not be able to stand because of the plots devised against him. Those who eat from the king's provisions will try to destroy him. His army will be swept away and many will fall in battle. Mm. The two kings with their hearts bent on evil will sit at the same table and lie to each other, but to no avail, because an end will still come at the appointed time. The king of the north, uh, this is Antiochus, will return to his own country with great wealth, but his heart will be set against the Holy Covenant, and he will take action against it and then return to his own country. Mm. Wow, that's almost like uh, reading the news right now with these political situations that we're under. <laughs> well, I, it's like, yeah, it's very much like America and Iran <laughs> sitting at a table making a peace treaty that neither side believes in is ever right. going to happen, in which the Iranians have already broken many times. Antiochus Epiphany sits down with his counterpart in Egypt, and they sit there and try to hammer out a treaty, but both of them are lying to each other, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, Antiochus met with the Egyptians, and uh, it, what happened, though, is that his own counselors turned on him. Obviously, he's very much like Barack Obama. <laughs> he, you know, it, he doesn't take the advice of anybody, and his own advice is bad. And uh, when, just like the Iranian deal, Antiochus' advice was bad, and so his own counselors turn on him at that time he retreats back up to the north and the treaty that he has with Egypt is nothing more than a lie it's a, the paper it's, it's not even worth the papers right now Wow. You know, Nathan. Parchment in this case. There you go. And, and it's true. I mean, sometimes we have to bring the reality of what's happening in our own time so that people will recognize. That oftentimes, that's what politics is about. And that's why, you know, there is no perfect party out there in a sense. People are always divided over Republicans and Democrats. And we say, you know what? We need to vote biblically because we just have to trust in the Lord. He's ultimately the one that's really going to uh, fix things. Well, we've got to also make sure that our leaders are, are honorable men and women, and, and that's Absolutely. the problem. The leaders of this time that we're reading, they're just sitting down, they're lying to each other, they're using subterfuge, they're using peace as a pretext for war. And so, uh, again and again, it's very important who you pick as a leader, and we got to pick a leader based on morality. Now, the Jewish people being, this is the time of the Gentiles. In other words, the Jewish people aren't ruling themselves, 
Mm-hmm. Although this is the Maccabean period, where the Maccabees, the priests, rose up against Antiochus, and for a little while they had freed, freed Israel from his control, but they needed Roman help, and when the Romans help, they move in, but they don't move out, and the Romans stay there and control Israel from that going forward. So the Jewish people haven't had their own nation yeah. since uh, Zedekiah was conquered, and then they went into exile. And so we wait to this day for the Jewish people to have their own country that isn't attacked and influenced and overrun by Gentiles. Absolutely. And that day will come, Nathan, because we see so many events happening right now that we see the fulfillment of Bible prophecy like right before our eyes. Exactly. It, it is coming. Israel is a nation again. That's Since 1948. It's its own sovereign nation. Now, it is certainly run overrun by the Gentiles. Take the Temple Mount, for instance. The Muslims, and uh, Jordan in particular, control the Temple Mount. And so the Jewish people, even though they own the land, uh, concede their right to it to keep peace. But we know that one day the Antichrist will desecrate the Jewish Temple. That will be on the Temple Mount, so something's going to change. Yeah. Islamic control of the Temple Mount will no longer be by the Tribulation. Absolutely. I love that. And that's why as we read this, uh, this incredible prophetic event here... It's just wonderful the way that this unravels and anyone that is a history buff can actually find all of what we're finding here in the Bible in, in, in certain history books, right, Nate? Exactly. I mean, it, that has made some of the liberal theologians out there really have a problem with the book of Daniel. Say, right. Well, Daniel must have been written later, around 200 <laughs> or something like that. Well, that, that's not the case. It's, right. it's well been attested that Daniel existed through archaeology and, and fragments and all that well before this history. It just goes to prove that yeah. Bible prophecy is one of the greatest proofs that God's Word is the true Word that we can put our lives to, we can base our faith on, we can put our trust in, because these fulfilled Bible prophecies happened in history, and they were foretold well before they happened. You know, Nathan, that's what I love about the Bible. Not only does it talk about the events that are going to happen, but also the love of God towards men. And he has certain promises to those that turn to him and have a relationship with him. And that's why we can bank on the Bible that if everything that has already passed, that the Lord said was going to pass, so it will be in the future and what he has in store for us, for his people. Right. God's got a plan. And uh, I kind of think of it this way. You know, you can be in a car. Right. And you can move around in that car. You can, you can even crawl in a trunk if you want to. But the driver still controls the direction where that car is going. Likewise, God has a plan for the ages. He has a plan of redemption for mankind. He is in the driver's seat, and we can move around in the back seat and all that, but we can't control the direction it's going. And just the same, we are in that car, and God is driving, and he's taking us to a destination. Ooh, I love that analogy, Nathan. That, that is fantastic. Those of us that have children, we know how it is with them in the back seat, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're unruly and you threaten you to pull over if they don't behave, right? Sometimes God has to do that, doesn't he? That's right. <laughs> but uh, great point, Nathan. So I love that. And then there we continue in the following verses in Daniel 11. And there's some other wonderful prophetic events uh, as, we, as you continue to take us through, Nate. Okay. Well, the angel continues to tell Daniel what's going to happen in the future. Of course, he's a messenger of God, so it's God through the angel telling Daniel. Verse 29 goes, At the appointed time, he, Antiochus, will invade the south again. But this time the outcome will be different from what it was before. Ships of the western coastlands will oppose him, and he will lose heart. Then he will turn back and vent his fury against the Holy Covenant. He'll return and show favor to those who forsake the Holy Covenant. Mm. So what's happening here is Antiochus yet again 
goes down to Egypt in an attempt to defeat it, with ships from both Cyprus and, and the Roman armies come and help the Ptolemies. Now, this is early in the, the Roman expanse. The Romans are pushing east, and they're pushing against the Greek Empire and overcoming it. And here Antiochus realizes that he cannot defeat the Romans. So he returns, he goes back, but on his way back to Syria, he has to go through Israel. And kind of like an angry person who kicks the dog when they're frustrated, <laughs> Antiochus decides he's going to take his anger out on the Jews. And so what he does is he supports the Jewish people that are apostates, that are Hellenized. In other mm. words, they, they've adopted Greek culture and tradition, and he puts them over in charge of the, those who are loyal to Jesus Christ. And again, excuse me, I shouldn't say Yahweh God, I should say Jesus is on the scene yet. And this is part of the Maccabean revolt where the Jewish people under Judas Maccabee and others raise up against right. Antiochus Epiphanes. And that's another very important event in the Jewish history, Nathan, the Maccabean revolt. The Jewish people look back at the Maccabean revolt as one of the highlights of their history mm. because for a while, very shortly, they were freed from any kind of Gentile dominion over them. Absolutely. But again, they were still tied to Rome because Rome was helping them. And again, Rome's help came at a tremendous price that the Roman Empire never left and uh, made them a vassal state. Excellent point. And Nathan, that's also, I believe, written in the Apocrypha writings regarding the Maccabees. Yeah, you can read First uh, and Second Maccabees. Uh, it's right. not uh, divinely inspired literature, but it's certainly got some great history about yeah. that time period. Absolutely. I'm not much of a reader, but I tried reading some of that, and it was very interesting how, you know, it sort of fill in the blanks and gives you a, a broader picture of what actually was happening historically in that time. Yeah, I agree. I've read the Maccabees. It's dry reading. Right. But, uh, it, it's got some of the most exciting battles of Jewish history. Right. The Maccabees are like our, our George Washington, you know, yes. or our Truman or our Patton. He was a, their family was a great family of, of generals and leaders. They, they all died in the cause. But uh, for a while there, they had freed Israel from, and you got to remember that Israel, for almost 400 years by that period, they either been exiled or they'd been under the Medo-Persian Empire, the Greek Empire. So for a brief time, they felt freedom. It almost felt like a messianic age to them. Excellent point. You know, Nathan, and, and I really love that because when we look at this, uh, uh, this, this passage here, that's the reason why we've been going through it a little bit slow because there really is a lot here. Now, as you take us through the following verses, things really get a little more intense here. Yes, well, 31 and 32 is just really packed with information. Uh, it starts, his armed forces, Antiochus's, will rise up to desecrate the temple fortress and they'll abolish the daily sacrifice. Then they will set up the abomination that causes desolation. Mm. With flattery, he will corrupt those who have violated the covenant. But the people who know their God will firmly resist him. Now, we're back to that point where Antiochus then desecrates the Jewish temple, something that no Gentile is allowed to do. And uh, he walks in, he sacrifices a pig on the altar, he sets up a statue of Jews, mm -hmm. uh, Zeus, excuse me, and what he's trying to do is he doesn't want the Jewish people to be Jewish anymore. Right. He wants the Jewish people to be Greek. And so he stops the worship. He kills, and that gets this, he kills all the children and women he can find. Wow. And he goes around through the city just murdering them. He forces idolatry to be mandatory that the Jews can no longer worship Yahweh. They must mm. worship Zeus and the other pantheon of Greek gods. He sets up gymnasiums, uh, workout halls, which today we have 
you know, and I've used them myself, but theirs were different. Um, nudity, they used to work out in the nude, and it was filled with sexual immorality, wow. and it was just totally pagan. Isn't that sad, Nathan? And, and that's why, as we look at this, this is just an amazing thing how Satan uses certain people, because really that's what this is all about. These are demonically inspired uh, individuals causing these hideous crimes, much like Pharaoh, much like Herod, right? I like what you said, it's demonically inspired. That's definitely the case. This tremendous hatred of God and God's people, the Jews, uh, is played out by many of these Antichrist-type characters. And Antiochus is one of them. Matter of fact, when he desecrates the temple in Jerusalem and the altar, he sacrifices a pig. Now, a pig is an unclean animal. Yes. Uh, Jewish people won't eat pork, they won't touch it. And right. by sacrificing the pig on the altar, he's desecrating it hoping that the Jewish people, because it's desecrated, will no longer use the temple anymore because it's considered ceremonially unclean. Mm. And you know, and those are very good points because as you, as you mentioned, there will be another event in the future where this history is going to repeat itself according to the Gospels when this Antichrist comes in the scene. Right, and uh, this is... But you know what's wonderful about this is that the Maccabeans under Judas Maccabee they set up the, what's called the Hasmonean dynasty, and they're, for about 70 years, they were able to resist the uh, wow. Antichrist-like character, Antiochus. Uh, but they also, they purify the temple, so the temple can be used again. Mm -hmm. Later it becomes, Herod rebuilds most of it, and becomes the second temple that Jesus visits. Wow. And what's fascinating is that we celebrate Hanukkah, the festival of lights, the, yes. the menorah, if you're familiar yes. with Hanukkah this time of yeah. year, this Christmas time of year, it has the, the different branches of the candlestick, the seven branches. That is the cleansing of the temple. So uh, we celebrate Hanukkah today, if you're Jewish, and that actually yeah. is about this time period, about the Maccabean Revolt. You know, Nathan, that's so exciting. I live here in the area of Aventura. That's where our ministry is. And you see them everywhere as the Jewish people start setting up. Uh, now for the holidays, and what a beautiful reminder of what exactly, sometimes we look at symbols, right? And we're like, well, what is that Jewish star, or what is the menorah? But it all ties back to the Bible. Amen. The menorah is one of the oldest symbols of the Jewish people. Matter of fact, when the Jews were marched out by Titus in 70 AD when he conquered Jerusalem, the Ark of Titus was made, and it has murals on it, or more like cuttings, but, and there's a picture of the, the ultimate um, menorah being carried away right. with the various other objects out of the temple. This yes. is the same menorah that was used to purify the temple by the Maccabean family after Antiochus uh, made it uh, unpure. And that is the one that we use today when we celebrate Hanukkah. Mm -hmm. So, brother, it all ties in. To this day, it's amazing you think about it, over 2,000 years, the Jewish people have been celebrating the Maccabean revolt. Absolutely. And you know, Nathan, and also, I also believe that even in our time, God is raising up those individuals. Uh, because I love what you said here in verse 32. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong. I, I, I always think that God always has a remnant, right, Nathan? The people that believe in God today, that's us, the believer, the Christians. We're still fighting for what's right and rising up. Right, right. I mean, it's amazing when you think that the Maccabeans, now, of course, they were involved in the priesthood and the high priesthood, yeah. so they were the leaders of that time period since they had no political leaders. And 
but they rose, rose, there we go, rose <laughs> to the challenge. And they gave up. They gave up their lives. They gave up their freedoms. They were on the run. But they led the Jewish people into a uh, mini-renaissance. And yes. uh, it was a wonderful time for the Jewish people to, to finally, after 400 years, be freed from the yoke of, of affliction for just a little while. But it was enough that they celebrated 2,000 years later. Hanukkah, the Festival of Lights. Brother, it's an amazing thing. The Jewish people are excellent at remembering what God has done That's through their country and through their people. But you have to be faithful and you have yeah. to be willing to let God use you to make these wonderful things happen. And you know, Nathan, and that's why I believe there's always hope. Even in the midst of the biggest challenges, there's always hope when we rise up and we trust in the Lord. We can see that one or two people can actually make a difference. I mean, there's a movie that just came out two days ago about Mother Teresa. It's called A Letter, right? And how one person can make a difference. Yes. Yeah, Mother Teresa, amazing, amazing woman, worked with the poor and the lepers in India, and considered one of the godliest women of all. And yeah, she was willing to give up everything to serve the Lord, and he used her mightily. Yes. And she's dead, and we're still talking about her. And brother, that applies to all Christians. When we trust in the Lord, we put our faith in Him, we let Him command us, and we obey, He can do amazing works through us. Ooh, absolutely. Thank you, Nathan. And for those of you that just tuned in, again, you're tuned in to The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Daniel chapter 11, talking about the empire strikes back. Again, our lines are open, 305-992-9537. If you would like to text in with a question or a comment, for those of you watching us live via twitcasting.tv, you can actually post there your questions or your comments for Nathan uh, or myself. And you know, Nathan, in every program that we do, we oftentimes encourage people to recognize the that there is always hope. Even for the Jewish people, there were times where it seems like it was bleak, like the lights were being shut out, but there was always hope. And God, likewise, offers hope today for those that are watching and those that are listening. And that hope is found in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Right, Nathan? Right, right. And I think how the end of the entire story really plays into that. If I can read 33 to 35, uh, the takeaway is amazing. It says, those who are wise will instruct many, though for a time they will fall by the sword, or be burned, or captured, or plundered. And when they fall, they will receive a little help, and many who are not sincere will join them. Some of the wise will stumble so that they may be refined, yes. purified, and made spotless until the time of the end. But it will still come at the appointed time. And brother, if mm. that's not an example of how persecution gets us serious about God, I don't know what is. The Jewish people under severe persecution by Antiochus. Here we saw many were killed by the sword. They were burned. They were captured. They were plundered. But what it did is it got the Jewish people serious about God and serious about their relationship with God. And when trouble comes to our life and suffering, we need to be purified like they were. We need to put our hope and trust in Jesus Christ. For only through him will we have the victory. I love that. You know, Nathan, that is so true. And I know that there is that promise in the Bible that none of us like in John chapter 16, verse 33, where the Bible says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And it's true. The early church, Nate, it was when they began to be persecuted, they began to flee, and then they began to actually apply all that they were learning. But sometimes we need a little fire in our behinds to help us move out. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. In the early church, you know, Jesus left the Great Commission. He said, go out and, you know, go out. And they wouldn't go, go out. They stayed in Jerusalem. Yeah. 
And so a little persecution spread the Christian church all over the Roman Empire. You know, a persecution of the Jewish people at this time made them serious about God, and persecution of the saints today gets us focused back on God and realize what our priorities are. Praise the Lord. And, you know, we want to talk to those of you that are watching and listening. Maybe you're going through a little bit of time of tribulation and challenges. And, well, maybe the Lord might just be trying to get your attention because maybe you've been a little rebellious or maybe you haven't really given your life over to him. And we pray that you will recognize what's happening in your life and, and turn to Christ. And, of course, as we only have about a minute left of the program, we want to give you an invitation. So wherever you are, you have that opportunity to come to Christ. And, of course, now Christmas is right around the corner. What? Uh, 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 what a wonderful gift God has given to you for free so that you will have eternal life. And Nate, would you go ahead and, and do us that favor as you often do as an evangelist and maybe share with that person watching or listening how they can begin their relationship with Christ even right now? You can begin your relationship with Jesus Christ by surrendering your life to him. Yes. By trusting that Jesus is the Son of God and Savior and giving your life to him, asking for your sins. It kind of goes like this. You pray from your heart. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. And he promises to do just that. When you put your faith and trust in him, he will forgive you of your sins, he will cleanse you of your guilt, and he will give you a bright future in heaven with him. Mm. Awesome. Thank you so much. And maybe you've trusted in Christ. We would love to hear from you. Give us a call at 305-992-9537. We'd love to pray with you and give you more information in terms of this relationship that you have started with the Lord. You know, Nathan, again, this is just an incredible passage. And there's so much information here in Daniel chapter 11. And of course, we're not going to, uh, we, we're going to leave the next verses for our next segment. But we do want to encourage those uh, watching and listening uh, to make your way through the Word of God, make your way through the Bible, and let the Holy Spirit show you what is written here uh, to encourage you. So Nathan, I really am so excited uh, for the future and just to see what else God is going to uh, bring about these scriptures as He continues to give you wisdom as you're taking us through this wonderful journey. So I'm so excited. Praise the Lord, brother. I appreciate you taking me along. It's been uh, fascinating. No, it's, a, it's an amazing ride. And, and you know, Nathan, because our time goes out so quickly, again, I yeah. want to thank you for being part of this program and, again, for opening up the Scriptures to us. It's always awesome to have you on. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Awesome. And, of course, for those of you that have been watching and listening, we thank you for tuning in. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, uh, saying goodbye and keep your eyes up because the Lord is coming very soon. Have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you.